Over here, because there's two of us, and we're fucking filthy. We're also nerds, and you get it. You get it. You've heard the intro before. If you, if, if you're just listening to it for the first time ever, go back and listen to some past episodes. There are some fucking gems out there for you. And uh, if you want a visual idea of the podcast, you can see me turning sideways and realizing that my hair pulled back sort of looks like a mullet. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com on this side. Oh, yeah. Patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. Let me see that side. Turn. Uh, okay. Oh, now we're doing visual gags on the podcast. No. Whatever. Doesn't look, doesn't look like a mullet. I look like I ate Joe Dirt. The point is we're here. <laughs> it's great to be here among you, among our people, among our nerds. Our people. Speaking about of being among our people. Let's talk about something. A little, a little, a quick biatch. A little quick. We're going to do a quick bitch. And then we've got three hot and heavy episodes of <laughs> Harry Potter content coming in for a you. A hot Harry. What would that be sexually? A hot Harry. A hot Harry. Instead of a hot. Like a Cleveland steamer, but a hot Harry. Oh, it's, it's when they. Uh, Is that just a guy who has really fucking hairy nuts and he dips them in chocolate sauce and then rubs them on your face? But only in the shape of a, a lightning a bolt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, frog. Because of the chocolate frog. Oh, chocolate frog. I see where we're going. A hot Harry, there's got to be a a lightning bolt involved uh-huh. somehow. Yeah, And yeah, then yeah. Uh, the guy tries to kill you with his dick, but fails because he's a failure and mm-hmm. you cannot be killed with his dick. No, no, no. Because you're because, stronger because than Because dicks are thicker than water or blood. And your pussy is thicker than dicks. I need to... This, this will never stop for me, by the way. Dick is thicker than blood? Mm-hmm. Dick is thicker than blood. Well, we'll circle back when all of your blood is dead. Ah! How's that dick now? Ah! Okay. Uh, anyway, this we're gonna is... we're gonna bitch. We're not even gonna bitch about. It. We're just gonna talk about we Jessica, were... Michelle, and I returned to our home club last night. The comedy store. We were back. We went back, and we're going back. I think we're going to go back. Yeah, we haven't been there since. I haven't been there since March, since it closed down. March 12th. Guys, she found the lineup. They haven't taken down. So in the back rooms of the comedy store, they put up a lineup just in a little plastic thing. You can look at the lineup so that as a comedian, I mean, as as a consumer of comedy going through the hall, you can look at it and go, oh, here's who's going to go on. Mm-hmm. But a comedian, you go, that's who's on stage. Here's how many people I have to like, yeah. go up. They haven't taken down the lineup from the last day that they had from shows. March 12th. So it's like, it's like it was a time machine. It was just frozen yeah, in was, time there. It felt like going, like the world had ended and we were going to this building that we found that as of March, whatever, you know, had stopped functioning. Mm-hmm. And I saw my name on a lineup from March 12th, 2020. I think, I think th- I was, I wasn't even there. Where were that you? week? Cause the, the week, that week before I was in Vegas. And then the week before that I was in San Diego with the tell. Yeah. So you were just not even at the club. Yeah. Week. So you hadn't been there probably since early March, late yeah. February. Yeah. That's fucking crazy. It was weird. I mean, the last time I was at the comedy store, it was fully crowded as it all, you know, every show sold out. The front porch is buzzing. People are walking up and down through the halls. It's, it's alive, yeah. you know? And this was weird. Weird. We were doing a podcast 
and we were guests on it. It was being recorded in the belly room. All the chairs are cleared out of the belly room because there's no crowd. We're all sitting far away from each other, other, which was, it didn't occur to me when we were doing it. Why? Because all of a sudden it clicked. I was like, oh yeah, COVID. I was like, why are we all so far away from each other? Well, yeah, because we've just been here. So you and I sit next to each other on the podcast because we're quarantined together. Yeah. So like, if you've got it, I've got it. You know what I mean? But we were like across the room from everybody in this empty, I don't know. The empty belly room was weird. So, so weird. Cause that is a low, that is a great comedy. Oh, room. one of the best low ceilings, tight seats. Usually when it's normal and yeah. full and it, it was just, this like empty room. It looked like a sad theater. It looked like one of the free fringe rooms at Edinburgh that would have been on the outskirts of the city that no one really makes it to. What I'm saying is it looks like the venue I played. Yeah. When I was at Edinburgh. It looks so like her see, run. You could see the stains on the ground because all the lights were on, which you could not- see the stains of like the food, the beer, the tears, all the stains. Which I don't think I'd ever seen before because I was always in there when they're covered in chairs and also the lights are off except for the stage lights. Oh, it really is one of the best rooms though. It, I mean, that was really heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. It was weird. And they had just started allowing that. Like they just that, start- that night moments they- earlier. They just found out from whoever of West Hollywood, the city inspector said, you guys are allowed to now do stand-up comedy in the window. So we just went to do the podcast, but the manager was like, oh, you guys can go up in the window if you want. So they have it set up so that people sitting at their socially distanced tables, having drinks on the patio. Yeah, yeah. So the, for those of you who don't know what the, the comedy store patio looks like, it's uh, it's just when you first walk into the, the comedy store, there's just kind of this o- en- empty open area that they refer to as the patio. Yeah. And they've got like high, high bar High top tables. High top tables seating. Anywho. So they kind of have just like a spattering of tables. And then there's a window that actually looks right into the original room. And it's usually covered by a curtain. Yeah. So you can't see in. But And so you can't see out. So you're not distracted when you're actually watching the show in the original room. So now they have that wide open. Lights on it. Lights on. And the comic stands in the window. And and does does comedy that is projected on the uh, speaker's onto the patio outside. Yeah, and also is live streamed, which I forgot and was standing, I was standing right in front of the live stream camera, just like my vagina. Yeah. Her vagina was doing a very loose area. Very loose. Right in front of this camera. And that streams to the back patio. And and the back patio is the parking lot. I could be wrong. I think that they're also live streaming to people who pay on the internet. Oh, really? I don't know if, I know I've seen them do it with some of the podcasts. I am so sorry if anyone was tuned in for stand-up and all you saw was my vagina flapping as I talked about depression. Yeah, and, but, and I'm so sorry you all you had to listen to me talk about was, oh my God, I'm on stage. Oh my God, I'm doing comedy. You guys, this is crazy. That's what I did for probably 10 minutes. Yeah, it was it was crazy because it was such an unfamiliar... Also, it was just weird doing Wild. stand-up in a window. But like, how did that make you feel? Because I've gotten on stage once... Since then, you were there. We talked about it briefly on another podcast episode. This was your first time on stage. Yeah, this was my first time on stage since March 14th. I'd done um, Zoom shows, which don't count. No, not at all. And it was fucking weird. I forgot my jokes. I didn't know my jokes. I was like, I had some stuff that I had written in quarantine. I wasn't even planning on going up. Had I planned on going up, I would have, you know, sat down and, you know, reviewed a lot of footage of my stand-up to kind of like get back into the swing of things but 
did not do that. It was just kind of thrown in. I was like, all right, well, here we go. No pressure. Here we go. Yeah. I mean, how did you feel about it? You killed. I did? Yeah, you killed. I didn't feel like I was killing. You were killing. You know what it felt like doing that set? I finished and I was like, yeah, no, I don't want to do stand up anymore. Well, you were killing. Like I was like, I I don't think I this is not fun for me anymore. And it was so funny when we were leaving, there was this really drunk girl. So shit faced. So shit faced. When we were locking out, she was going to the bathroom and she saw she's like, Oh my god, I love you. I, I love, love you guys. guys. You guys are so good. So good. And then she's like, Can I have a hug? And we're both like, No. COVID. No, and then and then at some point after my set, I went first and then Jess went second. So after my set, I went outside so I could take a picture of Jess on stage so she could put it on social media to get validation because that's the only thing we Which have I right did now. for Nicole as well. That's like we are clinging to, to everything we can possibly also find. just like clawing at trying to have a piece of our old identity. Yeah. Like, I am I'm still a I was a person. Comedian. I'm still a person. This is who I am. So I when I went outside to take a picture of her, there was one of the high tops was like, Hey, you want to come sit with us? And I was like, like and not, none of them had masks on. I was like, no. And I was, I was like, oh my God, no, I'm so sorry. COVID. What are people thinking? It was, it was too weird. And B- Jess and I both did stand up wearing masks the entire time. Yeah. And well, then I realized like, if I do it again, I think I might bring one of these little, covers. like a little Jimmy Because hat. it was a, a coverless mic. We went first and had masks on, but then some people went after us and didn't have masks. And it's like, and okay, they weren't you're sanitizing standing, it in between. Like, and you're standing alone in the window, but you're all sharing a mic, which I think any, like as comedians, we, I've for sure gotten a cold from sharing a mic. Totally. We all, everybody does comedy like this. If you're, if you're on the audio, head over to our Patreon. If you want to see what it looks like. Um, they have the mic smushed up against their face. Everybody puts it on their chin. People cough or they just over enunciate and accidentally spit onto stuff. Or they mouth fuck the mic because they're sad and lonely. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, but thank you comedy store for giving us a space to yeah. try to feel like a human being again. So we will be back there. Check out the comedy store's website. Cause I think they may be doing some sort of online ticket sales. If you want to yeah. see at least watch, if you want to see people try to panic. cling to a shred of identity that they don't have left. It's a, it's an interesting observation of the human condition. Truly. Um, but we are going to take a break and get back into our new identity, which is talking about Harry Potter uh, right after this. Bye guys. Chapter 24, Occlumency. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, Occlumency. Occlumency? I mean, Occlumency. Occlumency. So shit's getting fucking crazy. Okay. I have no idea what this word means, so I'm like, here we go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the title, you just went, I have no clue. I can't guess. No idea. That's fair, because you haven't learned this word yet. Yeah. So we start the chapter, Sirius finds Creature in the attic. That's where he's been. He's covered in dust. He's going through family heirlooms. He's like horny for artifacts of the black family. And he is way too happy. So, and s- he keeps staring at Harry. So something's up. Like what's, S- what are you thinking? Well, the fact that he resurfaced and he's really happy. I'm like, Oh, he went and did something bad. He went and found Voldemort. He went and found <laughs> he went the fucking and found Voldemort. Yeah. He went and found the bad guys and was like, yo, 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 you know, something good happened to a death eater is what I'm assuming. And he tipped them off. 
You think he's... Oh, yeah. I think Creature's a bad guy, for sure. You, but you, uh, no, not only do you think he's a bad guy, you think he has access to outside of this house, to interacting with... Yeah, I think he got out of the house just like just like Dobby did. But they found him in the attic. But he made his way back. He got back. Into the attic. So you yep. think he's left the house. He knows something. Mm-hmm. And he's back. And, and he's like, maybe, oh, I've just been in the attic conveniently. And he's yeah. staring at Harry, probably because mm-hmm. if he's in cahoots or taking the side of Death Eaters, dark people, Harry's obviously... Uh-huh. You know, enemy number one. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, it's, it, there's a lot to unpack, uh, a lot of possibilities there. So they're getting ready to head back to school. Sirius is, it, it's noticeable that he's getting like more snippy, more agitated. He's bummed that they're leaving. He wasn't anticipating them coming for Christmas. It was a pleasant surprise. Mm-hmm. Now he's going to be alone again. It's like he was getting that good puss. And then all of a sudden puss is like, I'm deuces out. out. That's how and you then leave he's them wanting like, more. No. I can't. I'm so horny. I'm Please. horny for connection. I need you. Give me that puss. Yeah. And so he's bummed. It's the last day in uh, Grimaud Place. I almost called it Order of the Phoenix, which it is. The same thing. And he walks into the kitchen. Harry, not serious. Harry walks into Harry the kitchen. Harry walks into the kitchen and there's Snape and Sirius having a chitty chat. Sitting at opposite ends of the kitchen table, which I have pictured this kitchen table pretty long. So seeing they're at opposite ends, because we've had so many people sitting at it. Now I'm like, this is cartoonish how much they mm-hmm. dislike each other. But we find out Professor Snape is there because of Dumbledore. Dumbledore has sent him there to let Harry know that once school starts again, he's going to be giving Harry extra lessons in occlumency, which is the magical defense of the mind against external penetration. That's right. Nobody's going to be fucking your head anymore, Harry. No penetration. There's nothing more disgusting than hearing Snape talk about penetration. Yeah, gross. I just can't imagine him as like a sexual being. But when Sirius talked about how great penetration is. Squirt, squirt, squirt. So Sirius and Snape clearly, it's like, we know that they have this animosity toward each other, but it's very clear here. Like Sirius is like, I don't like this idea. I think Snape's going to try to fuck with Harry. He's like trying to be like, no, I don't know. Snape thinks. Snape's like, whatever. Harry's an arrogant piece of shit. He's like, I don't want to be doing just this. Just like his papa. Yeah. So they're just fucking going at each other's throats to the point that it, it's like wands out. You know what I mean? Like they're about to Oof. fucking have it out Oof. with each other. I love it when wizards whip their, wh- their whip out their big thick wand dicks wands because dicks are thicker than blood. <sighs> so they're whipping out the wands. Shit's about to happen. And that's when at that exact moment, the entire Weasley family comes through the kitchen door, including Mr. Weasley. Who's like, I'm better. I'm alive. Just because they finally used magician. Uh-oh. Oh, you fucking bitch. Magician, come on. How many times do we have to be... Ugh. This is so disrespectful to the wizarding community. It's like... I'm so sorry. They used, we- they used wizard magic to finally repair him instead of muggle stuff. They're not magicians. They so, used magic, which I, magicians do. Magicians... No, comparing a magician to a wizard is like... It's rude. I know. I get it. It's like a wrestler to a to a UFC fighter. I yeah, know. Yeah, it's like a priest to actual God. They have no real power or authority. Ooh. And nothing they do can heal you, by the way. <laughs> Just a man shots fired. in a skirt who's probably going to molest kids later telling you to do Hail Marys. Guess what? Those Hail Marys aren't going to save you. Nope. But I did them anyway. Thank you, Father Mahoney. Or whatever the fuck. You had Father Mahoney? I had Father 800... 
fathers because we kept, I didn't have a real father. So let's get every father in the Catholic church to tell me to pray about it. Go, it was a lovely time in my youth. Anyway, so they read the room and then finally Sirius and Snape lower their wands and Snape's like, away. Snape's like, yeah, I'll fucking catch you on the flip side. So to get back to Hogwarts, this I loved. This I loved because the the idea of wizard transportation yeah, is, is fun, is entertaining. And they took the magic bus, which can you not? I guess they don't need to port key in, but it's like, why are they not going to the Hogwarts Express now? I just called it the magic bus. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the night bus, you guys. But it's Nicole. And she has no respect for the names of things or the wizarding community in general. She just disregards names and does as she pleases. Anyways, so there's the night bus and Tonks and Lupin take them to catch a ride on the night bus. The night bus. And before Harry leaves, Sirius is like, I'm going to give you a little package that will let you let me know if Snape is fucking with you. Yeah. So a little if he's like fucking with you. I'm a fuck him up. Yeah. So Sirius is seriousing. You know what I mean? He's like looking out for his boy and also heavily trying to fuck with Snape. Yeah. Like he just, the animosity they have for one another is astounding. It's just like, do they never grow up? I know. So they get on the night bus and that guy, Stan Shunpike, he's oh, there. Yeah, the pimply. He was there in book three. He was on the night bus when in book we or- three. Originally got him, which means uh-huh. that this guy is like, career night bus career night bus guy he's forever loading people in and out of the night bus. he is the what's his face of the comedy store he is the um argus Fil- argus no, no, no not filch no, no. Argus Sam- no 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 the dude is always selling t-shirts oh he's the um moon shakalaka he's the moon shakalaka for those of you who don't know at the comedy store there there's this is guy who hangs out all the time that named- everyone thought was homeless but i think he just steals shirts and has it home that he goes to i've heard several stories he is in a relic an icon at the comedy store shows yeah. up with piles of t-shirts and other things we don't know where he got them for he once sold me a t-shirt that he stole from target and i was like all right here's 10 bucks for the t-shirt i paid bucks. for hot goods i pay a dollar i think i might have, i think i might have I, paid- I didn't i didn't want him to break it so i was like yeah just keep the fucking 10 because i thought he was homeless now i know he's not i don't know but I and got- i didn't know i didn't know he stole it i thought he got it from like a the dollar store thrift store place jet rag oh you thought he was just reselling things yeah, that he'd uh, already bought yeah he went to jet rag and you just bought shit out of the one dollar pile and was selling it that also could work he sold yeah. me two pairs of shoes for five dollars each and they were incredible brand new shoes uh don't know where they came from and they're gone now but the point is I see what you're saying about Stan Shunpike. He's just this like forever part of this. Yeah. He's entity. always there. Anyways, he's like, yo, Harry, I read about you in the daily prophet. They were talking some shit about you. And guess what? I don't fucking buy it. You're a good guy in my book. Yeah. So Stan has been like standing for Harry. Oh, Stan, the Stan. All, so I'm assuming people come on the night bus and, and he sees them reading the Daily Prophet and he's like, don't believe the shit you hear about Harry. He's a good guy. But he's like, hey, they are fucking shitting on you, but I know you're real, which I think is a nice little, I don't know, ray of sunshine for Harry yeah. that like this guy believes him. This guy's with him. Hearing someone outside your normal circle when there's so much press against Harry and Dumbledore, hearing someone go, hey, I am not buying the Daily Prophet shit. I think that's good. I think, yeah, that's- I think it is good. Yeah. So uh, they finally get there and um, Lupin is like, hey, Harry, just so you know, it is really amazing and important that you're doing this occlumency thing with Snape. Um, I know he sucks, but like 
it's really important for you to learn this. And Snape's the best guy for it. Yeah. He's like, ah, like Lupin gets it. He's like, look, it's the worst, but like you need this and it's very important. So please take it seriously. And by the way, no one's supposed to know he's doing it. So Snape is like, yeah, you have to tell people you're doing remedial potions, which they'll believe because you're so bad at doing potions. Which is such a dick move. But I guess it's like, what else are they going to do? Because I, I think that, I mean, what are you thinking about no one knowing it? I'm thinking mostly keeping it from Umbridge, right? Yeah, keeping it from Umbridge, for sure. I but don't also, think is it just like Snape's like, I don't want to know I'm helping you. <laughs> He's a man child. Yeah, I think it's an Umbridge thing. Um, uh, so he gets back, immediately runs into Cho Chang. Cho Chang. And he's like, hey, Cho, our visit to Hogsmeade is going to be on Valentine's. And, well, uh, that's when he asks her, isn't yeah. it? Oh, yeah. It was like this awkward, like, well, she runs in him and she's like, so we're Hogsmeade. The visit to Hogsmeade the is going to be on Valentine's Day. And he's like, yep. Like, he's like, cool, cool, cool. And the second he's walking away, he's like, oh, shit, oh. I was supposed to ask. Oh. So he like runs up and he's like, are you gonna, uh, do you want to go? And she says, yes. So it's like, hell yeah, cha-ching. Like, he's, he's, he's in. It's working. Cha-cha-cha-ching. For whatever reason, Cho said yes. It's fucking horny teen Harry time. Mm -hmm. So Harry goes down to Professor Snape's office that night to get his lesson. True to form. Snape's a cocksucker. Piece of shit. Uh, And he tells Harry that the real reason he needs needs to learn occlumency is that his connection with Voldemort and he Dumbledore wants Harry to be able to block that. Yeah. So Dumbledore's aware there's some some type of connection. He he wants to sever it. And Harry is kind of like, yeah, but if it wasn't for that connection, I wouldn't have seen Mr. Weasley. Which yeah. Which is a great point. great point. Perfect point. So it's like, but I, I mean, what are you thinking based? I th- I fully agreed with that. I, at this point, I'm not I'm not knowing what to think. I'll tell you once I figure out once I hear what Harry goes through, I have a feeling about it. I'll tell you guys that in a second. Well, yeah, and well, Snape says that. You know, before Voldemort wasn't really aware, but because that was such a, a big thing, for whatever reason, they now believe that Voldemort knows Harry can see where he maybe didn't know that before. Mm-hmm. That's why they have to do this because they think if Voldemort knows Harry can see into his brain, Voldemort starts going to start taking over control. Maybe I can go into his brain and see shit. So, so Snape's like, all right, ready? It's the beginning of the lesson. Calm down. Let go of your emotions. It's like meditation, kind of. And I Just, want you to try and throw me out of your head. Yeah, so he's like, don't think of anything. Note, before he starts doing this, he takes out a pensive and Snape pulls shit out of his head, pulls his thoughts out of his head and puts it in the pensive. What are you thinking of that? Because I think Snape is up to no good. And I think he knows that Harry might be able to see what's going on in there. So Snape is like, let me take this out of my brain so he can't see my shit because he knows how powerful Harry is. Oh, that's what you were thinking mm-hmm. when you read this? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yep. Okay. That's okay. Okay. So then Professor Snape jumps into Harry's mind. He does his Um, And then Harry has a, a difficult time trying to resist him and it gets yeah, worse and it's worse. It's like he goes from kind of being aware he's in there and being like, I don't want to think this to just overwhelm of like flood of memories. He sees Cedric Diggory lying dead on the ground. And Snape is like, you're, you're not trying. You're just... You're giving me too much access to your memories and your fear. You're just handing me weapons. Yeah, he's basically like, you're showing me the things that, not only am I looking at your memories, you are giving me active weapons, the things that make you crumble. When I heard him say that, I was like, that's your fucking point in doing it. What? 
what you mean that I think Snape somehow is doing it to Snape find convinced out? Dumbledore that he should do this. And then what he's really doing is getting inside Harry's mind so he can have weapons for when he ultimately goes back to Lord Voldy. So you think he's doing this to gather information mm-hmm. to go back to uh-huh. being a Death Eater yep, yep, yep. and be like, fuck yep, yep, you yep. guys. Yep, yep, yep. I'm dark now. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so Harry, he's, they Snape do it a bunch like, of times. Harry's like, like crumbling, trying yeah. to do it. Like every time he like comes out of his like knees hitting the ground, he's falling over. And so they're, Snape's like, okay, one more time. And when he does it, Harry sees this long windowless corridor, the same thing he's been dreaming of. And he finally realizes that it's the department department of mysteries at the ministry where Mr. Weasley had been the night of his attack. So he remind, it remind, he is aware of it because he walked past the store to get down to the dungeons back when he had his trial at the beginning mm-hmm. of the book when they had the hearing down in those weird-ass dungeons. He had, like, they met someone who was from the Department of Mysteries, and so he now is putting together, this is the door I'm seeing, and that's kind of, like, where we leave off with that vision. That vision. And then Snape is like... Don't think about the Department of Mysteries, which I, of course, am like, oh, that's reverse psychology. He wants Harry to think about it because he needs to see what's in there. Oh, so you think he's like, whatever you do, don't think about that. Oh, so it's you think it's reverse psychology and he's mm-hmm. intentionally trying to get yep. him to focus. So yep. he also tells Snape that he needs to try to, or Snape tells Harry he needs to try to clear his mind of all emotions before he goes to bed to make his mind blank and calm. Cause that's when he usually has these visions. Yeah. And that's when he's, you know, he's asleep. He's the most vulnerable. I honestly like think that's what a, a lot of people could focus on doing before they go to bed. Yeah. You know? And then Harry, uh, is, uh, he gets the shivery aches and you know, the, the scar and the da, 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 da. Yeah, he leaves, he leaves this thing feeling like the pain and it's like, and then he know. says to Hermione and Ron that he thinks the uh, the weapon Voldemort wants must be in the Ministry of Magic. Yeah, because he saw that vision. So, I mean, he's like putting two and two together as far as he can tell. And he gets back to the dorms. He's sick again. It's painted in scar. All that shit. He like basically passes out. He loses all sense of the world around him, who he is, where he is. And he hears maniacal laughter. Like, and then feels super fucking happy he's overwhelmed with joy and And then then ron slaps harry in the face can i slap you no okay so ron (laughs) slaps harry in the face and the laughter goes away and harry realizes that he was the one laughing whoa fucking insane insane and harry's like i think these occlumency lessons are making me my mind weaker not stronger does that when harry says that in the book yeah. do you go like that's when i'm like uh-huh. I knew yeah it. voldy that's what voldy has asked snape to do yeah but we close this chapter with him going i don't know what's up but voldemort is the happiest yep. he's been in 15 years yeah. since before he lost power yep fucking insane crazy and that takes us into chapter 25 the beetle at the bay the beetle at bay. The next. Oh, at bay. By the way, the second I saw beetle, I was like, oh, it's probably going to be Rita Skeeter. She's immediately like, Rita yeah. Skeeter. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know what she'd be coming back for. The only thing I have ever suspected that Rita would be necessary for is to be used because they have leverage over her. Yeah. So I think we knew when she got caught that somehow that would come back. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's, there was, she's must have been. Yeah. yeah. They're going to use her. And manipulate her to do what they need her to do. Good old fashioned blackmail. Love so it. Harry wakes up the next morning, 
heads down to breakfast and bad news. Yeah. He finds out exactly why Voldemort's so happy. Hermione gets her edition of the daily prophet and there was on the, the front, biggest escape from Azkaban ever. There are photos of 10 death eaters, including Antonin Dolohov, Augustus Rockwood, Rookwood, Lestrange, Lestrange. They've all escaped. So it's just pictures of all these horribly terrifying people Right on the front. And then Fudge, the Fudge Packer. You want to know what he did? In the Daily Prophet. You know who he blames the breakout on? My fucking boyfriend. Serious Black. Fucking piece of shit. Hermione has a good point because she's like, well, it's not like he can be like, oops, I was wrong. All this shit I've been talking about Dumbledore was completely false. And he tried to warn me and I ignored it. Like he's doubling down. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm not going to let people know that I had the opportunity to look out for them and fucked up. He's Trump. (laughs) He's fucking Trump. Yep. He's like, I could have done better. And I knew that. And I didn't. And now I really know. And someone's going to be mad that I made it about politics, but Mm -hmm. I feel like that's really what she wrote all the books about. Yep, yep, yep. There's always going to be a parallel somewhere in politics, whatever side you're on. I'm sure you can find something from something, whatever. There's also further bad news in The Prophet that uh, Broderick Bode, a ministry employee who was laid up in St. Mungo's, was killed by a devil's snare plant at the bedside. Now, they remembered, Harry and the kids, that... They were in the the St. Mungo's when this was being delivered. Yeah. They when they were visiting Gildroy Lockhart, there was a man who was like completely immobile next to him, named Bode. He got a plant as a Christmas present, and they were even in there when the plant was delivered, which uh-huh. is crazy. The and other- they were all like, I can't believe we didn't notice Devil Snare. And everyone's like, Well, why would we have been looking for fucking Devil Snare? Yeah. But it's also like, how did they get it in in a plant? Nobody noticed in a fucking hospital. But they have seen Devil Snare before. Um, what, which one was that? That was in Sorcerer's Stone or Chamber of Secrets. Either way, they've seen it before, but they're like, we didn't recognize it. But who, again, yeah, who would? The other thing is, is they're looking around and it doesn't seem like many people in the Great Hall are reacting to this clearly huge news of an Azkaban breakout. Uh-huh. But Hermione points out and it makes sense. Like no one's fucking, who reads the newspaper at that yeah, age? We're only, we're the only idiots reading it. Yeah. Oh, and they remember that Bo. Ron remembers that Bode was a, an unspeakable ploy, employee. The, one unspeakable. of the people who works at uh, he was a he's he works an at the Ministry of Magic in the Department of Mysteries and is therefore titled an unspeakable. So this is like wait, kind of fucking red flag and stuff, or like something is not adding up, but should be adding up. And you want to know who it starts to add the shit up? Of course, Hermione. Hermione. She mysteriously rushes off to send a letter. She's I'm just like, like I have anytime to go. Hermione runs off, I'm always like, that bitch is going to a library or to fix shit. And that's what she did. And that's what she does. So, okay. So they're going, this must have, this must all be connected because this guy's department of mysteries that much. We know they run into, uh, Hagrid. Yeah. Who's still all fucked up and covered in more bruises and cuts, more bruises and cuts. And he's now on probation from fucking cunty umbridge, cunt umbridge, which is, Annoying, but it's like fucking, fucking Hagrid. Come on, pull it together. Yeah, I mean, Hagrid, I you should, Hagrid Umbridge, should, and I was like, come on, Hagrid. I mean, fucking Hagrid shouldn't be a teacher. I mean, I love Hagrid, but he should not be a teacher. And uh, so, very quickly, the news spreads about the 10 Death Eaters. It's all anyone's talking about, obviously, because it's fucking insane. Everyone's like, also wondering what's Harry's response to it. 
Yeah. Like, it's insane. But, like, this totally has to do with Harry. Because the Daily Prophet has spent so much time being like, don't believe Dumbledore and don't believe Harry that the Dark Lord's back. But all of a sudden it's like, sir, we're just supposed to believe the Dark Lord's not back, but somebody broke 10 Death Eaters out of Azkaban. That happens and you go, maybe there's something true about this. You know, that they're like, Mm -hmm. maybe Harry isn't a fucking crazy person lying in attention. Like... I don't know. People are softening up a little bit that they're going, maybe we don't know the full story and we shouldn't believe the prophet. Uh, there's a, a new educational decree that comes out uh, from Madame Umbrige. And she said, teachers are hereby banned from giving students any information that is not strictly related to the subjects they are paid to teach. Is she talking about occlumency? Oh... Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe, she, maybe it's just like she doesn't want, because I'm sure students are asking questions about Azkaban and people are going like, what does this mean? What happened? What? Why didn't the Dementors stop them? Because there are students who have friendly relationships with teachers, you know? Mm-hmm. So she's like, don't say a fucking word. Mm-hmm. But maybe it is occlumency. And so uh, Trelon or Professor Umbridge is like, I have to be president every sense, um, every session of divination and magical treacher, creatures, Care of magical creatures. It's because they're on suspension. And then Trelawney is fucking pissed. Yeah. Tr- I mean, Trelawney is so annoyed, but also not handling it well. Yeah. I mean, she's got issues anyways, but like her there is like making. Yeah, it's making it worse. It's like she doesn't know how to do shit anyways. Now she has pressure to but not do shit. It's like that shit. feeling of someone walk- watching over your shoulder. Yeah. It It's. Maddening. So Maddening. it's like, yeah, of course it's going to get worse, but whatever. Um, Harry has nothing to look forward to except for the DA. Like, the that's his great. little. Everybody's getting real good, too. Even Zachariah Smith. And also, here's what I loved Neville. He's like, no one's working harder than Neville. Neville's and I... excelling. Yeah. And it. Because the news of the Death Eaters escaping, some of whom are the people responsible for what happened to his parents. Now Neville's like, I'm going to fucking, I'm going to kill these fuckers. Do you think this has ignited a fire? For a thousand percent. Yeah, that he's like, oh, fuck you. Neville's like, oh, this is, this is time to pay the fucking Pied Piper. Yeah. Uh, So that's good. I think that's a little ray of sunshine that it's like, hopefully they continue to grow and get better. It's, Awesome seeing Neville get better at anything because we all know Neville and we know that that is not always the case for him. And by the way, uh, Occlumency's lessons are still going on and Harry is not getting better and he's just becoming more increasingly sensitive to Voldemort, which is what I think the whole plan was the whole time. So you think this is just meant to wear him down? Yep. All right. Well, that continues on. He feels like he's not making any progress. Maybe you're right. Who knows? It's the day of the hogs, Hogsmeade. Valentine's. Times. Okay. Harry and Cho go. Yeah. He's got, he's got his date with Cho. That morning, Hermione gets a letter and she says to Harry that he has to meet her at the three broomsticks at noon. You can bring Cho. It's fine, but I need you to come meet me. Okay. Ron can't go at all because the Gryffindor Quidditch team sucks so much ass that uh, Angelina is making them have practice all day. Uh-huh. And Cho brings up a curious point when she's talking to uh, Harry. She's like, you know, there's no Dementors here looking for the Death Eaters. Yeah, because when Sirius Black had escaped last year, Dementors were, or was it last year, two years ago, Dementors were everywhere. Yeah. You, we remember, it's like, this yeah. is where Harry had to learn 
to fight against Dementors because it was so debilitating. They were everywhere in Hogsmeade. And interestingly enough, no Dementors in sight, which is a fucking red flag. For the ministry not having control of shit anymore. Of the Dementors. And prior to Voldemort losing power, he had had control of the Dementors. Mm -hmm. So this is like a very bad sign. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if Cho's thinking that or if she's just like, weird. Yeah. I mean, she's smart. She's a Ravenclaw, yeah. but I think, I, it was just kind of, I think it was just kind of an interesting observation that she had, but it was really, really meant a lot. Yeah. But so- they're still having their date. They get to Hogsmeade. Joe's like, I know of a really cute tea shop. Let's go. Yeah. It's called Madame Pudfoot's. It's, it is made for like lovers on Valentine's mm-hmm. Day. And everyone there is just fucking swoony, bedroom eyes, snoggy necking, face. Uh, it's wh- whatever other old fashioned terms there are w- wanting to make whoopee. Oh, they're, they're smashing gashes. Oh, That's, is that smashing modern? gashes? Probably. They, it's all very clearly like couples that are like together and that is uncomfortable for Harry. They walk in and it's like lover's lane and he's like, oh, this is and like Harry's a first feeling date. this pressure. Like, oh my God, do I have to hold her hand too? Yeah. Cause everyone's like holding hands across tables and he's like, uh, like, He's having a meltdown. Like, I don't know how to fucking. And then also he goes, he's like, oh, Cho, I have to go meet Hermione at some point. Yeah, he brings Do that you up. To come? First of all, I don't think this is a big deal. But Cho gets very like, oh, you're meeting Hermione like, today. Does everybody fucking know that he's fucking homies with Hermione? Yeah, but you got to remember that there was a lot of stories last year in that Rita Skeeter wrote. Don't yeah. you remember that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rumors that they had a There's thing. There's rumors things. So Cho's like. I mean, who knows what she believes, but hearing like, oh, you're going to hang out with this girl who allegedly like had a thing with you and Victor Crumb. So yeah, you have yeah. the love triangle, she's blah, blah, blah. Not jealous. She's jealous. She's like, and she's an emotional little twat. She's a, emo- she's emotional. She's a 15 year old girl. A twat. She's not a, t- so I she mean, starts she's not crying. any twatter than she starts any other. Cr- she's an, I can't stand her show at this point. Show's annoying to me. Why? Officially. Because just, she's annoying. What about her is annoying? That she's emotional? Because she's fucking emotional and annoying. I just can't. You can't, so you can't handle other people being emotional. Yeah, I can be emotional. Other people can't. You can, I can, that's it. Interesting. So she's like, I've been meaning to ask, did Cedric mention me at all before he died? Yeah, you fucking narcissistic bitch. That it's like, yeah, in the moments before death, he was like, and Cho. But she doesn't know how it happened. And it is like a thing of maybe she was like feeling guilty about liking Harry and thought like, if I could just hear that. I don't know what she was looking for other than hearing someone having been obsessed with her. Yeah. Anywho. But Harry's like, Tries like, to change his up because no. he's like, I don't want to fucking talk about this. And he's not understanding it. She's not under, and she's upset that he's not understanding it. And she like fucking, she flips out. She she's, has a full on fucking basic bitch, common cunt meltdown. I mean, well, she, by the way, she'd also try to be like, oh, there's Roger Davies who's like on the Quidditch team. Oh, yeah. She was like, you know, he asked me out, but I said no because I was going out with you. Like, what? Fucking you all bitch. these things. And she explodes. And then takes off in tears. Yeah, I mean, and Harry's she starts like, crying. The fuck just happened? I, I mean, she's already crying, but she's like, you know. It's, 
it's a nightmare. And she's like, oh, you're just going to go off with other girls and like, blah, blah, blah. So she's thinking everything a fucking irrational young girl thinks. Yeah. That like, oh, what do you just have a train of women you're taking on dates? Which choo choo. Which I know plenty of women who would think that at this age, which is horrifying, but especially as a teenager, that it's just like, oh, I'm just one of your hoes. I'm I'm, Ho Chang. By the way, this is what I'm picturing. I'm picturing Harry being like, I don't know what the fuck just happened. And then him being like, all right, I got to go meet Hermione. Yeah, he's just like, I guess I'll just go to the three broomsticks. I don't know what... He literally goes, women, like, ugh, women. Like, he doesn't understand. He's like, yeah. this is so complex, which I... And then he, he, gets, to the happens. Th- he gets to the three broomsticks, and Hagrid's there. Sitting by himself. He's a fucking disaster. Disaster. So it's like, Harry's like, women. Hagrid's like, life. And uh, Hagrid's talking to him about the importance of family. And Harry's like, what is going on with you? And then he sees Hermione... She's also with Luna Lovegood. Wait, really quick. What do you think about Hagrid talking about family when he's like, oh, it's blood. It's important. And I think he's having some revelation or something from when he went to the mountains of like how he's a giant. Or yeah. What? About like he just I think he like learned things about his family while he was there. And I think it's just some heavy shit, you know? Yeah. You don't think because it feels like a little to me that he's like buying into like, oh, maybe I can't escape who I am, who I am. Maybe the things people say. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. His storyline is, I think it's kind of inconsequential at this point. It probably is. And I'm being an idiot. You think it's inconsequential? I mean, right now, I don't think it's, it's, it matters. Hmm. Interesting. Oh, I hate when you say it. I'm saying that because you are the one that goes, everything means something. Everything means something. I just don't think it means something right now at this very moment, but it might mean something eventually. It will mean something eventually, but not right now. Okay. So, so Hermione is there. She waves Harry over. She is with Luna, Luna Lovegood. And right uh, skate uh yes so you're right and we realized that you were right that mm-hmm. we recap you know she's the one that discovered rita skeeter was an unregistered animagus so now she kind of has this over rita and is like you're going to well first of all when she discovered that she's like you're done publishing shit about harry mm-hmm. rita but, looks a little uh-huh. bit of a mess uh-huh. and it's like we haven't really heard from her and you're not going to say, you're not going to make lies up about people. In yeah. exchange, I will keep that secret yeah. for you. And then now Hermione cashes in and she says, okay, you're going to publish a story. Uh, you're going to publish Harry's story about what happened with Voldemort. Yeah, you're going to write the truth. On the, the night truth. in the graveyard. Um, and she's like, Fudge is not going to let me run that piece. And she's like, yeah, 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 that's fine. Well, We're going to put it in the Quibbler. That's why Luna Lovegood was there because her father is the editor of the Quibs. Yeah. I mean, he owns to- it. To which Rita Skeeter replies, <laughs> no one's going to believe that. She's just like, sorry, you want his big breaking story to be in a the, gossip f- the fucking national Enquirer of the wizarding world. Like people aren't going to, people are going to think it's bullshit, but Hermione's like, I agree, but the daily prophet hasn't been, hasn't really been reporting much of anything. It's been very sparse. They're not talking about what's going on with the breakout. Yeah. So people, people are, are going like, to be hungry. Fuck. Yeah. Like, so she's like, just do this. So fine. They're going to do it. Rita Skeeter pulls out her fucking magic quill and is like, all right, Lay I will report me. this story. Yep. And that is where the chapter ends. We are going to take a quick break and we will be back with chapter 26. Later. We are back 
with chapter 26. Seen and unforeseen. No idea what this means. No idea, no thoughts. None. Um, well, it starts off with Luna being like, hey, I don't know when the interview is going to appear in the Quibbler. <laughs> She's like, there's these other things about squirrel knockers or whatever yeah. the fuck they're called. But it'll be soon. Don't worry. Neville talks, he thinks Harry's so brave. He He's like, "It's. I think it's great you did that interview. Uh-huh. I think it's really important for people to understand the, uh, what Voldemort and the Death Eaters are capable of. Neville is like, I'm on your side. I believe in you. It's very sweet. I stand by it. I think Neville's going to be one of the biggest heroes in this series. You do? Mm-hmm. Interesting. No question about it. I think ne- Neville is going to, Neville is going to save the day in a very fucking major way at some point. I mean, I guess only time will tell. It does seem like he's gearing up to at least be able to put up a fight. Should a fight ensue, mm-hmm. um, which who knows, but 10 death eaters on the loose does not look promising. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hermione asks Harry about his date with Cho, which I don't know why she didn't ask about it. I guess at the thing, but whatever she asked about his date with Cho, which if we can interject really quick before she fucking serves him one and is like, you fucking idiot. Uh, shout out to one of our patrons who was in the live chat during the recording of this episode, Greg, when we brought up the hot Harry, uh, cause he said a hot Harry is when you try to give a girl a facial and it just goes all over her forehead. It's just a hot load on the forehead. Just fucking zigzag zig, which I thought very funny, very hilarious. You can be part of those patreon.com slash two filthy nerds. We love it. We chat between each breaks. It's a lot of fun. It's a fun. You can, you can coin a sex term just like, just like Greg did. Yeah. And we, it's fun. It's a fun group. It's fun banter. Get over there and, and support and us. Come, and come banter with us. Absolutely. Anyway, so, so Harry says to Hermione, he's like, oh, here's I, uh, what happened. I mentioned at the beginning of our date that I needed to go see you. So she like is like, you fucking dumbass. And he's, she's like, you should have been like, ugh, Hermione made me swear I go to this. I don't even want to go, but you should come. I would really love for you to be there. She sort of tells him like, this is what a girl wants to hear. Mm-hmm. And Harry is like, I don't understand. He's like, why would I do that? What? Why would I make a big thing out of nothing? He doesn't get it. Girls are sensitive. We need to be, I don't know. Manipulated. No, you want to feel special. Lie it's Valentine's to us. Day. Don't lie, lie to us. us. That's lying. Because Hermione wasn't pressuring him to go anywhere. He, she was like, just come here. And he was like, okay. It's like, nah. Make her seem I'm on, special. I'm not on Hermione's side on this one. If I'm on Harry's side. If she's special to you, you need to go out of your way to make her feel special. Yeah, he's, make her on, know. he's with her on Valentine's Day. How much more special does she need to fucking feel? Like, what, what, what? how much catering does he need to do to her little insecure 16-year-old brain? I need everyone who's listening to Stop What You're Doing, write down this soundbite so that later... When we have an episode of Nicole in the future bitching about how her boyfriend in the future didn't do a good enough job, we can come back to this and go, oh, it's not, you didn't feel special I love enough. you. Come Did here. you? Get Let off of you. me. No, get away you. from me. Oh, I you, love you. Do you even wear a deodorant? No, this is I, hell. No, I completely Don't, stopped. I know. How, how bad is it? I think the listeners know that you completely <laughs> stopped at this point. That's how bad it is. My God. I don't even have a <laughs> sense of smell and my nose hairs just got singed. Oh, it's so good. Sam is out there laughing. It's not. This is... Sam, am I a smelly person? This is narcissism, viewers. All right. If you think... Let me just tell you something. Anyone out there, if you think that your raw armpits smell good, you need help. And there's no help for you. I love my raw armpits. I like my armpits like I like my sushi. Uh, Raw! All right, so Ron and Ginny... 
come back from Quidditch practice. It was a nightmare. Eating the dicks galore. It's the worst. And Fred and George are like, they confirmed like Ron. I mean, it. Ron's terrible. Ron sucks. You know, they're like, oh, he's great when he doesn't think anyone's watching. It's like mystery men. Did you ever watch that? No. Oh, man. Should we do a one off of mystery men? There's an invisible. I'm spoiling this. I'm sorry. There's an invisible man, but he's only invisible if nobody's looking. Oh, that's funny. And then the invisibility goes away and he has to be naked. Oh, that's funny. (laughs) And it's like, so Ron's great if he, if there's no one there. So they're like, so all we have to do is get Get everyone in the crowd to turn their backs and talk amongst themselves when anyone has the quaffle going toward Ron. Yeah. So in addition to that, Fred and George are very seriously like, I think we're going to drop out. They're like, yeah, because it sucks. There's no point. We don't have Quidditch. We never really liked school. Like there's nothing for us. And of course, Hermione scolds them and is like you guys it's nudes but they're like it fucking we want to make a joke shop like who cares also the match when it does happen is as bad as we all thought it was gonna be actually worse yeah ron lets in 14 goals 14 slytherins are still fucking you know weasleys are kinging by the way did we find out if he blocked any at all i don't think he did it was 14 shots all went in their own beater slope Hits Angelina in the mouth with the bat instead of hitting the bludger. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk screamed like a bitch and fell backwards off his broom when Zachariah Smith flew after him. Carrying, like, this is a guy supposed to be defending you and he's like, ah! and he just falls off a broom. Ron feels like shit, as you should. Mm-hmm. He sucked. You should feel that deep in your bones, Ron. And, and the only reason it wasn't an embarrassing score is, is because, because Ginny, Ginny ended up uh, catching the snitch. So it wasn't a total debacle. Yeah. So so they lost. They still lost. But it was but a close score. They lost. It wasn't by like a brutal beating. Forty instead of a hundred and forty or whatever. The and fuck. Ron is devastated as he should be. Honestly, at this point, I think Ron and Percy should both kill themselves. Well, at least you're empathetic mm-hmm. to Ron's sporting plight. It is embarrassing. No, it's like fuck I you. have no acceptance for people who weigh down a fucking sports team. If you're not good at sports, get the fuck off the team and go do something else. But in his defense, Ron was like, I want to quit. And Angelina said, I'm not allowed to. He's yes, like, you are, Ron. She's like, because you can she just be- fucking quit. Only quitters don't quit quitting. Don't listen to her, Ron, or any men out there. If a woman tells you you can't do something, it means you can't do it. The point is, the match sucked. They fall asleep that night. Harry again has a dream of the corridor with the dream. door. But this time... The door is partly open. There's like blue light coming from the bottom. And he's just about to go through it when Ron's snoring wakes him up. Ugh, Ron is such a cock block. So fucking annoying. Here's the most annoying part. Harry had allowed Ron some extra time to go to the room before he went in there. And he came in and Ron was doing fake snoring so that people would be like, oh, I'm, he's asleep. Let's not bother him. And then he wakes him up with real snoring. Fuck you, Ron. We were so close to seeing what's behind that door. And then the next morning, it's breakfast time. The owls are coming in. Harry's and gets, he gets swooped on with owls. And the Quimbler has dropped. Yes. Luna's dad sends him a free copy and it, and he shows it to all his friends. He's getting all these letters. So pe- everyone at the Gryffindor table is helping open letters. Some people think he's fucking nuts. It's letters being like, you're crazy, but some of them are supportive. Yeah. They're like, I believe you. I stand with you. I just think it must be such a relief for people to hear something from Harry. Finally. Yeah. That they're like, Oh, here's an actual, it's not just someone talking about what Harry is like. It's Harry himself. And everybody, whether you think Harry's crazy or not, what Harry has to say is important. Yeah. Harry is the only person who has survived. Voldemort. The Dark Lord. Yeah. So what he says 
it's pretty fucking important. Well, especially now, because I'm sorry, anyone who has lived through the dark times before, 10 Death Eaters getting out, you're like, this is not good. This is very bad. Azkaban is not a prison that there are breakouts in. And now 10 mm-hmm. of the biggest dark wizards are at large. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. So there's commotion and chaos. And of course, fucking Umbridge. Oh, she comes over and is like, why what's- are there so many owls here? What's going on? Harry shows her the quibble with his interview on the front page. And then she's like, you're not allowed to go to Hogsmeade ever again. Yeah. And then takes 50 points from Gryffindor and gives him another week of detention. Which is like, fuck, for what? There was no rule saying he couldn't do interviews. She's also like, oh, we're going to, you know, I guess I didn't, my lesson never sunk in. Yeah. So it's going to be more hand bleeding carving. And, and the next day an educational decree drops. Any student found in possession of the magazine, The Quibbler, this is, it drops before even the next day. It drops like almost immediately. Will be expelled. Expelled. Not which, detention. She thought this would prevent people from reading it, but what does it do? Reverse psychology. Everyone's like, oh, I've got to get my hands on that. The fucking cunt doesn't want us reading it. Now I got to know about this fucking hot number. I need the juicy juice. And this, this part, this last fun detail, um, not last fun detail, but there's so so much. much. There's still so much. But this detail, Seamus reads the article and then he's like, yo, hairs. I'm fucking sorry, dude. You're right. He was more like, Harry, me friend. I'm so sorry. I didn't believe you before. I sent the quibbler to me, mom. And we believe you, Harry. But yeah, he's just like, dude, I'm fucking sorry. And now Harry is like that for me. Oh, that moment. What a relief. Fucking glory. It's a huge. It's like, oh, my friend is back. My buddy, the person I fucking have to sleep next to in a dorm doesn't think I'm a goddamn maniac. So... Harry's feeling great. He goes to take a nap and then he dreams of a man kneeling in front of him. And the man is Rookwood. Rookwood, we know, is one of the escaped Death Eaters. Uh And he's like begging him for forgiveness for a a mistake. And Harry hears himself speak in a high, cold voice. So he's like, "Uh uh-oh, now I'm Dumbledore. You fucking bitch. It's Voldemort. (laughs) They are, they are opposites. No, I always do this. Is this a bit for fuck's sake? Have some respect. Dumbledore is the greatest wizard of our time. I keep fucking up. I'm sorry. Ah, so Harry is, he's in Voldemort and he goes, Avery told me Bode would be able to remove it, which is like, oh fuck. But Rookwood's like, no, Bode knew he couldn't remove it. And that's probably why he was fighting so hard against the imperious curse that was put on him by Lucius Malfoy. So he's watching a guy go, Lucius Malfoy put, he, this guy was fighting the imperious curse. And it's because he knew whatever this was, he was not going to be able to get it out. Like this guy was like, I'm going to die trying to get whatever you're trying to make me get under this imper- imperious curse. Mm-hmm. So he was fighting it, which is how he obviously probably ended up in St. Mungo's to begin with. Mm-hmm. And then Harry, as Voldemort, he hears himself tell Rookwood. You have Lord Voldemort's gratitude. Yeah. He's basically like, this is good. You've done well. This was a fucking waste of my time, but this is good. This is positive. Okay. So Rookwood's like, whew, maybe I can live another day. My, My Lord has forsaken me. And of course, Ron again. Wakes him up from a fucking nightmare. But like, Harry's like on the ground fucking sweating whatever. And then like a mess. So of course, Ron's like, wake up. Cause Ron also is probably on the side of you should try not to like let this 
head connection happen. Mm -hmm. But Harry fills Ron in on Voldemort and the dream and the Voldemort's starting to figure out how to get whatever this thing is. And Ron is like, you should tell someone. But true to Harry Potter's stubborn form, he's like, "Mm, I don't know. Yep. So he's like, nah. he Anyways. does tell someone, he tells Hermione, who figures out the Bode was probably killed because he resisted the Imperius curse. So it was like, fuck you for not going through with this is basically what they think the whole plant situation was. Him resisting that curse probably like addled his mind so much anyway. And then if he came back, they're like, he could accuse Lucius Malfoy of casting it. So they're like, we got to fucking get rid of him. They also realize that Malfoy probably put Sturgis Podmore under the Imperius curse. Yeah, to steal the weapon. Because we know earlier this year, Sturgis Podmore, who's part of the Order of Phoenix, who was mm-hmm. supposed to be with them, got with in their trouble. guard to go to, ho- to go to the fucking, what's it? Platform nine and uh-huh. three quarters. Got in trouble for sneaking yep. around the ministry. So they're like, oh, that's what it was. He wasn't sneaking around the ministry on his own accord. Probably the same shit. So they're basically just trying to use other people's bodies to get this weapon because they think it's dangerous. It's like, you go, instead of me, you grab it, What whatever this, quote, weapon is. But then Hermione's like, wait a second. You saw all this? You shouldn't be seeing all of this. You're not working hard enough in occlumency. Yeah, he's like, she's like, if you were working hard enough, you wouldn't be seeing this. And it's like, dude, fuck you. He's been through enough, but also she's not wrong, wrong. because in one of his occlumency met, um. Uh, lessons Snape sees this vision that he had of of Rookwood yeah and Snape is like what the fuck are you doing and he you know does classic Snape on Harry he's like you are neither special nor important and it is not up to you to find out what the Dark Lord is saying to his death eaters so he's just like he sees it and he's obviously like, oh, he, he's of the same mind. You're not fucking shutting your brain off. But finally, this is great. This is so, oh, this is just fucking. Here's what uh. I thought was interesting. The spell that Neville's getting better at, which is the, what, what is the spell called? Fuck, I don't even remember. Uh, is the spell he does. It's a spell yeah. that like they've been working on in the DA uh-huh. on the Lolo. But finally, Harry manages not only to, to stop Professor Snape from getting in his thoughts. Pushes him out. He goes into Snape's head. So this spell is, I fuck, I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically it reflects the person's, it's like a counter curse that makes the person get hit with their own spell. Yeah. So he does this spell. He goes into Snape's head. And that's when he sees Snape as a crying little boy whose parents were fighting in front of him. And then Snape's pissed. Snape's pissed. He's like, not only am I pissed that you're not good at occlumency, um, but I'm pissed that you, you've now seen me as a little bitch. Um, and he sees Harry trying to go down the hallway in the Department of the Mysteries. Yeah. So he goes back into Harry's head. He sees this. He's even more pissed. And they get into a fight about it. He's like, you're not working hard enough. And Harry's like, you don't fucking know how hard it is. And then all of a sudden they hear screaming. <sighs> what were you thinking at the point that they their fight is interrupted by someone screaming in Hogwarts? Um, I mean, I think somebody's been murdered or, I mean, anytime I hear screaming and Hogwarts, I'm like, oh, something horrible happened to somebody. Yeah. So they are like, what the fuck? They run out they and go upstairs. Everyone's in the entrance hall gathered around Trelawney. Trelawney. Having a meltdown. With two trunks. She's like drunk and melting the fuck down. And Professor Umbridge is basically like, bitch, you're out. Not only is she out, Professor's mocking. I mean, Umbridge is mocking Trelawney for like, surely as a seer, you must have 
seen that this is this was coming that you've been dismissed and professor mcgonagall shows up goes over to trelawney and is like trying to comfort her and umbridge is just kind of like um she's done bitch like let it go and then fucking he's like he's like he's like she's like you gotta go umbridge is like you need to leave and then dumbledore's like yeah doors fly open there's dumbledore majestically against the fucking (sighs) right yeah dumbledore comes in and he's like nope he's like she will stay here. She must. He's like, you, you cannot leave. And Professor Umbridge is like, um, I have the right to fire her. And Dumbledore is like, yes, you do. Yeah, you do. But she has no power to get people removed from the castle. And that as headmaster, he is still within rank and is allowed to let people stay in the castle. Mm-hmm. And he's also got a replacement for her. And she's like, you can't find a replacement. I, I have that power. She's like, like, I get to replace. And she's like, you only get to replace if I can't, I can't find someone suitable. And I already have. And she's like, what the fuck? Who? And then fucking open the outdoor in walks. Uh, friends. Friends. The centaur we met a few books ago. And as we know from that encounter, the centaurs can see a lot of shit. Because it was they like. They can see a lot of shit. It was like this, like, don't tell the fucking humans what we know about Mars is bright tonight, blah, blah, blah. So this is how the, this is how this episode ends. This is how this chapter We ends. also know that Umbridge hates... Um, half-breeds. Half-breeds. Which is probably a slur. She's done legislation against them, uh, like werewolves, etc. So he's just like, oh, here, by the way, is someone who's a real seer, so watch your fucking back, and also someone you're not going to be happy with, and it doesn't matter, because it's not up to you, because I'm motherfucking Dumbledore. And that's I that. hate her so fucking much. Stay tuned for more chapters as I continue to call Centaurs Senators. Yeah, and um, subscribe if you haven't already. Rate the podcast, review the podcast. Tell your friends. Yeah, tell a friend about it. Start reading along. Let the people know. Yes. Have a... I don't know what I was going to say. Go check out our merch if you haven't checked out our merch. Follow us at Two Filthy Nerds. Tweet at us. Tag us on Instagram. We'll share your shit in our stories. Maybe we'll share it and talk about it on the podcast. We're trying to be better about that also you want to help support us a little bit more head over to patreon patronize us yeah patreon.com slash two filthy nerds you can literally be patronizing us in the chat as we go through the episodes Uh and uh yeah i guess uh we'll see you next time we love you guys so much you're the best we love this more than anything we've got we are gonna read through 27 28 29 for the next episode 30 31 32 so For the next week or so, I would plan, you know, read through chapter 32. Yeah. It's going to be a hot number. And shit is getting Yeah, guys, it's it's towards the end of the book. Towards the end of the book is... Is when it starts to really heat up. Pop the fuck off. Any thoughts? Any predictions? Any... I think I've said most of what I think is going to happen. I'm really fucking excited for this right now. This is going to be great. All right, you guys. See you next time. Bye. This has been a Two Filthy Nerds production.